Hello there. At last we will reveal ourselves to the Jedi. At last we will have revenge. Hello there. Welcome to a podcast about Star Wars Shatterpoint and the Star Wars universe. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amon Kusro. How are you doing today, Amon? I'm doing great. I'm very excited to be here. I am honestly riding a Mando high right now with that new episode. 100%. Yeah, I've watched it twice now, and it is formed in my brain. I have a lot of thoughts. We're going to save it for our bonus episode. We're trying not to even talk to each other about it right now at this point, which is tough to do. But also, Amon, we're three episodes into the show now, technically four episodes. We got our trailer out. We got our first episode where you kind of get to know us and our love of Star Wars. And then that second episode, which was a beast of rules and, you know, full transparency to the listeners. It took us a lot of work, a lot of recordings to pull all that information together and kind of do a mega cut of all the information AMG was willing to give us because it's been piecemealed out (laughs) up until recently. That's right. Yeah, I think what was really helpful was the rulebook releasing. So we were able to kind of go back, take a look at everything that we've already said, fill in the blanks. And then, of course, go into greater detail. So we do hope that it's going to be an evergreen resource for you, your friends, maybe someone is interested in Shatterpoint, and you can point them in that direction, in addition to, of course, sharing the rulebook. No, absolutely. We we were hoping it's just going to be a placeholder for you to send to people or people to reference maybe on their drives to, you know, let's say opening weekend of Shatterpoint and stuff to refresh your brain, get used to all these conditions. I'm still wrapping my head around the conditions I'm on, like what they all mean, how they all work. They're all insanely powerful. That's kind of blowing my mind a little bit coming from an MCP background. And yeah, we're just hoping that it's going to be something you can return to time and time again if you need a rules refresher or get ready for this weekend. This seems like it's creeping up very soon, that first weekend of June. It's very exciting. And I think, you know, you know what? Take the Doge out for a nice walk. There it is. Give him a good walk. Give him a good time. Make sure he's a good boy and learn about Shatterpoint. It's going to be great. This is the way. This is the way. Absolutely. Well, Mon, it's also like funny that we put out that episode because I'm sure a lot of you at home are waiting, asking when we're actually going to do our all these news discussions and especially the Adepticon reveals. So we've saved that day for today, but also Star Wars Celebration happened. So today is a double episode where we're going to be talking about Star Wars Celebration 2023 and Adepticon 2023 and all the Star Wars things we learned, all the Shatterpoints things we learned. Yeah, super excited. I think there was a little bit of self-imposed pressure on our end to kind of just cover some of this information, especially because, I mean, it's the most exciting thing to talk about. What's new, what's upcoming in the greater Star Wars realm, but also in Shatterpoint. But I think we had to make sure that we carefully crafted an intro to what we're trying to do with this podcast and the level of quality that we're trying to provide. And so I think the natural progression of it was, this is who we are. This is how you play the game. And now this is where the fun begins. There it is. This is where the fun begins. This is a kind of standard episode of Hello There. We're, you know, we're either going to be diving deep into the game, the characters, the strategy, the lore, or we're going to be doing episodes like this, which are just purely news discussions, keeping you up to date on Shatterpoint, most notably, but of course, the greater Star Wars world, things that are big events that happen like Star Wars Celebration, which just happened. And man, I wish I could have been there, Amon. I wish I could have been there. I was actually so impressed with the cosplay and the lightsabers, especially that I started looking up high quality lightsabers. That's right. And let me tell you, Jesse, it's a rabbit hole. It is. You can you can dive deep, and there's a lot of insane creators, engineers, people out there that make these unbelievable products that are some as good or better 
than the movie studio quality ones that the actors use on screen. They're amazing. Honestly, I watched multiple 45 minute plus videos late into the night and very good. I, I now know everything I think there is to know about like, you know, these amazing lightsabers. I've learned about dueling. I learned about what fonts are. I've That's learned right. about the different technology within them. And I think I've landed on, and, and you know, if, if you're a lightsaber enthusiast, please let me know after you hear this, where I think I've landed on Saber Trio as probably one of the best quality ones. I know that they're not official replicas, but their hilts are inspired by, of course, Star Wars, right? And so my favorite one I've seen so far is one that's inspired by Calcessus. And what's really cool is if you get two of them, which... I might because I need to hit a certain limit on my new United card to get some free miles <laughs> to where you can kind of adjoin them at the together to make a Saber staff. Like Cal does in the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. Very good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have some Sabres in my collection. It's probably something we probably should talk about in some bonus episodes, but absolutely the Sabres at Star Wars Celebration I'm on. If you're getting in the club, that's a way to do it. Star Wars Celebration is very special to me for a lot of reasons. Number one, I think it's the best con in the entire world. I've been to it a couple of times and there's a feeling of family there that is unreal. Also, it's the second biggest con in the entire world after Comic-Con. And for it to feel that family and that like tight knit, it's kind of insane at the thousands and thousands and thousands of people there every time it happens. But, you know, most notably in the past, I got to do podcast-centric content at Celebration. Mind-blowing stuff. Getting to perform the podcast for the Canon Cantina on the podcast stage and all the people I got to meet. There are content creators in the Star Wars community. I want to get back into that. So maybe something we can get planned on the future. Cover some Shatterpoint at Star Wars Celebration. You know, like the world is opening up to this game and we'll see where it goes. You know, something that we could really shoot for. But funnest con, man. Funnest con. Even if you don't do cosplay, it's just, it's a blast. So... I don't know. Pretty mind-blowing as a Star Wars fan, for sure. Yes. I'm very excited. And we're going to talk more about, I think, my favorite part of Star Wars Celebration probably in a bit. Yeah, 100%. But there is a character that I think I can cosplay, and I'm kind of looking forward to potentially trying that. I'm, I've am i never done cosplay before. I don't know the, the ins and outs of it, but I believe that you've done that before. I talked to Charles, and he's cosplayed before, so we'll figure it out. And you don't know, maybe we'll we go to a Star Wars celebration together. Absolutely, man. No, the honest dream for me one day is to when my time loosens up a little bit, which we'll see when that is, to eventually get on maybe one of these cosplay groups like the Five First Legion, or more notably for me, the Rebel Legion, and get to do all these charity events, visiting kids in hospitals, like while in your full cosplay, you put time, money, effort into and that would just be a joy to do that type of thing. So that's my goal one day. Is that's a much further down the goal because you can do your personal cosplay all the way to getting in one of these Five First the Rebel Legion where they have a lot of rules to getting in a lot because <laughs> you got to be canon accurate. So it's very cool. I love that. But more on that on our bonus feed. Before we get into Star Wars Celebration and Adepticon 2023 today, we got to take care of a little business and thank some people. Absolutely. Hello there is supported by Mr. Laser at mr-laser.square.site, your resource for everything Shatterpoint. So if you're interested in pre-ordering the core box, Obi-Wan box, Count Dooku, General Grievous, or Illuminara Unduli, check out Mr. Laser because that's where you're going to get the goods and you're going to get them on time. That's right. He has very fast shipping and I highly recommend his customer service. Of course, Amon, we could not do this show without our patrons at patreon.com slash hello there cast. If you enjoyed this show, consider supporting us on our Patreon 
which will immediately get you access into our private Discord community. We take this time to thank all of our patrons for their support. And Amon, it's crazy. We just talked about all the number of patrons we got, which was a silly amount. We just got two more. We've got two more patrons since the last episode, which is amazing. And this is very special to me because these are patron names that I recognize from the Fury's Finest group. So a special shout out to Padawan Patrick Runge and Jedi Knight Rusty. You guys are making the show happen. As Amon and I been talking about this episode, the bonus episodes are coming very soon. We didn't expect you guys to like dive in this hard in the Patreon. And we've got a lot of topics planned for the bonus episodes that we're just making a list, you know? like what we want to talk about, what we want to share with you guys. And of course, last episode, we kind of talked about all the tiers of the Patreon and stuff. So if you're interested in learning more about the Patreon, check out the last episode. Yeah, super excited. Shout out to Rusty and Patrick. And we cannot thank you enough for your support. It's extremely exciting. It's extremely exhilarating. And I think, you know, we're off to the races here and we're about to punch it. That's right. And it certainly helps us out because Amon and I have been spending a lot of time in the writing room, the editing room, the recording room already for this show a lot. And you guys are helping us stay on track, honestly, and help us pay all these bills of these things. We're starting to pay for a lot of things that kind of set up an infrastructure and some goals we have for when the game launches. And we're trying to get there. So you guys are helping us do it. But Amon, we've got to talk about Star Wars Celebration. So let's go. Yes, absolutely. So I think there was a bunch of updates that came out that I was very excited about. I guess we'll start with the big stuff and we'll kind of work our way down. And the big stuff, obviously, is the movies, right? No one saw this coming, yeah. Honestly, I didn't. And it's kind of like the birthplace of Star Wars. It's where Star Wars kind of has its biggest, most dramatic, most amazing experiences. And so there are three new standalone Star Wars movies. So the first one is going to be directed by James Mangold. And this is going to be a movie, which I think this concept is so cool, Jesse, that it's going to be thousands of years in the past. And it's going to talk about the first ever Jedi, their first experience with the Force. And I think one of the descriptions I read was like a near biblical experience. Ooh, biblical epic would be nice for the Star Wars medium. That could work well. Yes. What are your thoughts on that? Shocking this was announced pre the Old Republic. You know, like we're talking way back. We're talking way back. But also very exciting. I'm I'm curious how it's going to play out, like this being the first individual to find the connection with the Force and become presumably a Jedi. We'll see what happens. Um, James Mangold directing. I'm very excited. The guy just makes amazing films. My favorite superhero movie of all time is Logan. He directed it. Uh, and he's directing the new indie movie. I mean, he's directed a lot of films recently that have done very well. Ford versus Ferrari, Walk the Line, like come to mind recently. And it's like, the guy knows how to do drama quite well. So interested to see a director that does drama quite well in this medium. And we'll see what happens. I love the drama. I love the drama. Yeah. Logan is, hmm, the drama gets me every time. Absolutely. Now, the second movie that was announced, which I think this is probably the one I'm the most excited for from a director standpoint. Yes. Is Mr. Dave Filoni. The man, the myth, legend. That's right. I would say like, to me, he feels like almost like George's successor in a way. Absolutely. I mean, he was George's protege. Yeah. Worked directly with him. Yeah. Very exciting. So he's going to direct a movie that's going to effectively kind of take the Mando verse and bring it to the big screen and some of the other TV shows together. And this reminds me of, and I watched the, actually the interview with Filoni and Favreau. Same. And they alluded this whole concept that they were kind of taking the MCU approach which I know that can elicit mixed feelings from people because of how they've handled some things. But ultimately, you know, I think one thing that Favreau mentioned is that the audience is so sophisticated now. Absolutely. That we can take a look at 
Star Wars through different mediums and take the pieces and add them together and then see them culminate in some epic fashion on screen. And that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, I honestly could see this being potentially the the finale of Ahsoka, of Mando, of some of these things. Even if they're not the finale of Mando, because I think Mando's going to go on for some time. They've talked about this. It will be the finale of this arc, and it could be this Imperial Remnant arc, this sort of Thrawn sort of thing, potentially, in movie form, which would be kind of crazy, and I would be all for it. And Filoni seems like the perfect person to be at the midpoint because he is like the head of lucasfilm's like storytelling department he is the george lucas knowledge he knows more than george straight up about star wars he just does and it's crazy and i love that he's at the center of all these things and it makes the most sense so completely agree now the final movie this is going to be directed by charmaine obeyth chinoy and this is going to be the first movie after the sequel trilogy yes the fur the furthest movie in the star wars timeline ever yeah and speaking of timelines, which we'll get about, and we'll talk about that in a second. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. But this is going to demonstrate Ray starting a new Jedi Order, which is honestly kind of exciting. You know, whether whatever your thoughts are on the sequel trilogy for me, and this is something that we were actually discussing right before we started this episode, was that the way that I view the prequels, right? Like I grew up, people like hated on the prequels, etc. But prequels for me was my first foray into Star Wars, and I love them. And now that my generation has gotten to the point where we can actually demonstrate our affection and combat the other people on the internet, <laughs> you know, like people like Hayden Christensen and Ahmad Best are now getting their flowers. And honestly, for me, I think that at some point, maybe in like 10, 15, 20 years, the sequel trilogy, those fans that they ushered, the fans that were ushered into Star Wars through those movies are going to be celebrated and rewarded, whether you like it or not, right? 100%. But I think- Star Wars is a place of love and family and mutual celebration. And so I'm excited to see what they do with it. And I hope that they can make it an awesome movie because more Star Wars is great Star Wars. Yeah, more Star Wars is just what we want and more Star Wars for everyone. <clears throat> I think the coolest part about bringing, doing this and bringing Ray back is they talked about making Ray much older and kind of it's a time jump and what she's learned. And I don't know, I'm just really excited to see what's happening in the Star Wars universe at this time, but also just how the Jedi Temple Academy, New Order, whatever they want to do goes. And fun little fact with this director, Amon, you said her name. She's the director of the Miss Marvel TV series. And of course, she's done a lot of foreign films and and short films and stuff. But recently, she did the Miss Marvel show, which I think was very good and stylistically awesome. So I'm just really interested to see the direction this goes. And I also like that, like, it seems like it's going to be a standalone. It's not going to be like a new sequel trilogy sequel. It's, it's a standalone. So we'll see what this means, honestly. So I'm very big news. All three of these, all three completely different, which I love all three completely spread in the timeline, which I love. And I think that's probably the way you should be doing these standalone films is really spreading them at different points, making kind of more their own thing, you know, and I'm really excited to see where this goes and kind of crazy, kind of crazy. I'm hyped on it, but we got to move on. I'm on to some show updates because Star Wars is a show based universe right now. I never thought I'd be saying that in my life. It's absolutely insane. Um, I'm happy the movies are coming back, but it is, we are in a renaissance of Star Wars shows about all these shows were already announced but they kind of just confirmed some teasers, the cast, the directors. So Skeleton Crew starring Jude Law and a large young cast, which is going to be a Goonies inspired adventure smuggler story, which is very interesting. And then Acolyte, which we know we've heard whispers and 
and teases of for some time, but Acolyte is a a journey of a Sith Acolyte in the High Republic era. And then, of course, Andor Season 2 is coming. They showed a teaser from it. It was only for Star Wars Celebration patrons, so I'm very sad because Andor is one of my favorite things in Star Wars of all time. And I cannot wait for Season 2 because so many threads were set up. All the characters were established. It's a multi-20 character cast. I'm just excited to see where that goes next. And they did say that Andor Season 2, which I found very interesting, is going to be a spread of four years. And that it's the last minute of the last episode is going to lead up right into the beginning of Row 1. And they said, we all know what happens in those four years. There, a lot of what they're referencing is some of the events in Rebels and some of the events in the books, some of the events in the comics. And they're like, oh, don't worry. We know those are happening in the galaxy. And those will be acknowledged or shown, <laughs> which is awesome. But they also said too, like the time jump is going to be necessary for the story one that they want to tell because they're going to show the spark igniting across the galaxy of the rebellion, which was started at the end of Andor. Crazy. Super crazy. And I have a couple thoughts on each of those updates. Skeleton crew, love Jude Law. Think he's awesome. And I think with, you know, bounty hunters, got to start them young. So love it. Some of these kids. Yeah. That's right. Got to get them in quick and get them, teach them the way. And Acolyte is probably the one that I'm most interested in. I could see that. Yeah. I have a big fascination with Dark Jedi and Sith because I just love the complexity of those characters. My concern or a fear that I hope does not come to be realized is that this show demonstrates an Acolyte who is estranged from the Sith ways and eventually defects to the Jedi. <laughs> it's probably going to happen. No, I would. Hope. It could. It could happen, and I would hate that. And I'll. And I think the reason being is because I'm a big believer, and I know hate is a strong word, but just look, I'm a Sith, okay, or at the best, dark Jedi. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. That's right. And but I'm also like living in the gray here. Yeah, the dark Jedi is a little more gray, and I, I do enjoy the dark Jedi more than I do a Sith. But yeah, more of that discussion shortly. That's right. But I think ultimately, so I do believe that you can like thrive as a Sith and you don't necessarily have to be this like ultimate tackling haha villain. And I think if you played some of the older games that I guess are now legacy, like especially the RPG by Bioware, Star Wars Old Republic. Of course. There are Sith out there that the best way I can explain a Sith is like you're a Slytherin. You're not necessarily evil because you're a Slytherin, but the way that you, some of the qualities or attributes in life that you might prioritize, maybe evil people also tend to prioritize, but you don't necessarily have to be evil, right? I mean, right. Snape was a Slytherin. Snape rules. He does. One of the best characters ever. Agreed. And then Andor. Awesome. Can't wait. Super excited. I mean, it's just, it's like you strip the Star Wars out of Andor and it's just an incredibly written plot, character, story, entry. It's just, and then you add the Star Wars and it's just a layer of icing. You're like, man, I thought I hated the Empire a lot. And then I watched the show. Hmm. <laughs> it's taken to a different level. So awesome stuff. But of course, continuing with our show updates, I'm on the animated shows got updates uh they did give a teaser for bad batch season three very cool we had a feeling it's coming but it's been confirmed visions season two of course once again visions is crazy because it just pulls from all these different creators and animators and multi-talented people from across the world now because vision season one was strictly japan and anime centric and now seasons two has spread to animation worldwide all these different creators from different countries amazing and then tales of the jedi season two once again filoni in full swing with his what he does best tales of the jedi if you haven't watched season one give it a watch it's short it is probably one of the most shatterpoint things really 
like in some ways, like it's establishing a lot of these characters and motivations for these smaller conflicts rather than the bigger war of the Clone Wars, right? So I'm hyped for all these announcements. I am hyped as well. I am a little late on my Star Wars homework, I will say. I have not finished Bad Batch season one, but I'm working through it. Okay. So very excited to see where that goes. Visions I've never seen, but it is on my watch list. And when it comes to Tales of the Jedi, I was having like a... uh, like a lazy day the other day. And I was just like, I'll just throw this on. I was waiting for my fiance to get home from something. Uh And I just plowed through all six episodes. (laughs) And it only took like an hour and a half, two hours max, right? Because you can skip the intro. intro, And then obviously you can just jump to the next episode immediately. But the focus for those not, it's not spoiler related. The focus is on Count Dooku and Ahsoka. It's awesome. Watch it. Yeah. I mean, peak Star Wars, honestly. Two of the greatest characters in Star Wars, right? Getting more information on them is canon. Wonderful. Well, we waited this long, Amon. We held it down. <laughs> the biggest news of the entire weekend, in my mind, is we got the first Ahsoka trailer, and the entire Ahsoka cast was a celebration. Awesome stuff. Let's just jump right into this trailer. So the cast have not seen this trailer either. They, they showed it at Celebration. And then on top of that, which I love this because this is a very Celebration thing, I've gotten to experience a few of these things in my life, and they're very memorable. I was at Celebration where we saw the first image of the Mandalorian, and no one else saw it. The stream was turned off, you know. Then just in the Navarro marketplace, right? The Ahsoka trailer, they also did the same thing. They returned off their phones, security out and stuff, and they showed a second version of the trailer with many more shots in the trailer of things like Thrawn, of things like Sabine in action, of things like ships that weren't shown in the other trailers so crazy stuff celebration's awesome but let's talk about this trailer amon because goodness i had a feeling ahsoka was going to be kind of the sequel to rebels i did not know it was going to be the sequel to rebels and the now legacy legends heir to the empire trilogy mixed together this is a shatter point if i've ever seen one first and foremost 100 percent. i have watched this trailer at least 20 times oh 100 percent. yeah I feel like it's the episode one trailer all over again, where I just was, I remember like it was yesterday, watching that over and over again. There's so many cool things to talk about. I think, obviously, I love Ahsoka. I think Rosario Dawson is doing a great job as Ahsoka. Ahsoka has quickly become one of my favorite characters in the whole Star Wars universe. And I just love everything about her, honestly. The fact that she is not a Jedi, you know. It's really cool because I just hate being pinned in one direction. You're Sith or Jedi, Sith or Jedi. So that's why I like the gray Jedi no Mm -hmm. more, dark Jedi, whatever you want to call it. Love seeing Sabine. That's right. Love seeing Hera. Oh, I died. Live action chopper. Yep. Dude, it was sick. He was like, you know, like loved it. He's in the background in Rogue One, which is still mind blowing to me, but he is. Oh, you know what? I'm going to have to look that up. I don't, I never noticed that. He's in the rebel hangar bay. That's cool. When like, um, the captain's telling Cassian, like, you, you have to kill Galen or so. Like, it's in the landing pad, you know? Like, Chopper's just going on in the background. <laughs> just bar, bar, Also, bar, bar, bar. in the hangar, you can hear them saying, paging General Sandula to the briefing room. Paging General Sandula to the briefing room. That's sick. So, Hera's there. We just never saw her face. And we never saw that she was Mary Elizabeth Winstead, which is nuts. Amazing casting. I am cloud nine. It's awesome. Yeah, she looked great in it. I loved her in uh, Scott Pilgrim. Of course. One of my favorite movies of all time. Same. Also, fun fact, maybe for our show and just the greater Star Wars narrative, like her and Ewan are together. Are they? They are. Wow. Madness, right? So we've now we have Obi-Wan and Harrison Dula together in the Star Wars universe. Ewan's just living the life, man. Now yeah. I know why you like idolize him so much. 
it's just it's just a fun it's one of those funny like now we have like obi-wan and hera it's just cool i like it they get to go to this stuff together you know celebration and stuff together yeah that's cool but we didn't even talk about the best part no we didn't there's a couple best parts (laughs) fair my version why don't we start with your best part and then we can talk about my best part the best part for me pretty low-hanging fruit but you guys know i've been a massive fan my entire life including reading all the books since i was a kid and the biggest part for me was the confirmation that Thrawn was the greater villain in this and that it probably from just the shots in the trailer, which you see very little back of his head, that it probably was Lars who did him in Rebels. Once again, we got that family dynamic. We got Lars playing Thrawn. We have Mads playing Galen Erso. We got brothers now in the Star Wars universe playing completely polar opposite Rebel and Empire. But that was the biggest reveal for me and most exciting part was just saying that Thrawn is the primary threat in this. This is going to be the heir to the Empire storyline, like the Zahn storyline from the old books modified. And then probably was Lars. I just love it. And right after the trailer, they he came out on stage and they confirmed it is Lars Mikkelsen. So people were very happy. I'm super happy. I, I'm very excited. And it kind of ties into what they're doing with Mando too a little bit. So that's kind of exciting as well. I know what your favorite part is. Dude, my boy, Balin Skull. What a name. First of all, what a name. There is some really cool, I think, lore or like Norse mythology call outs that they had. Yes, where for sure. Him and his apprentice, their last names are both the names of like these Norse mythology wolves who chased the moon. I immediately did everything I could to learn more about Balin Skull because A, I just love Ray Stevenson. Yeah. I think he's rules. a great actor. Um, he was also in an Indian movie called RRR. You should check it out. Yeah. That was a great one. Best foreign film of last year. I got, got all the awards for that very very thing. It did. It did. And what I found particularly alluring to his character was his ensemble. Yep. So we have this archaic looking hilt with an orange blade. Sick. Now I get the appeal. We yeah, have we this. just talked about that. <laughs> we did. First episode, yeah. And then we we have him wearing this all black outfit. Some kind of armor. Kind of looks like a knight. He actually reminded me a lot of like what Obi-Wan looked like in the Clone Wars a little bit. You know, the more armored Jedi. He reminded me of Dooku too. The more regal look than the... Like Dooku's not wearing Jedi robes. He's wearing like Count Knight type stuff, you know? That man said, I'm going to be comfortable with whatever I'm doing and I'm going to look good doing it. That's right. That's right. But back to Balin. I think he's super cool. I And his princess name is Shin Haiti. Yes, that's her name. That's right. And she looks awesome too. She looks cool. She looks like a little intense, which is exciting. I'm very curious as to what their motivations are. I'm very curious as to even if they're from this current timeline. Wow. Right? If you think about it, because... World between worlds. Yeah. That's right. And previously, and I'm sorry if you haven't seen Rebels yet, but it's been out for years, so spoilers, that... Ezra was the only one able to access, you know, the world between worlds. And, but now it seems like Ahsoka may have been able to access it. So it's like, she had brushes with it in the show. So, I mean, Ezra, like because of Ezra, because of Ezra, maybe now that Ezra has gone, maybe the force is reaching out to someone else. Crazy. Who knows? But like, I have just, these are all fan theories. So like, I'm not spoiling anything. Right. But these are two of my favorites I've heard so far is he's just like an, a Jedi like picked from way back in the when. Yep. And so maybe this comes from a time period where maybe Sith and Jedi weren't necessarily so black and white. Yeah, for sure. Um, number two is that this is an alternate version of Anakin. Whoa, that's wild. And I would love this so much. And I think this kind of makes a little bit more sense because 
if you look at the scene where he's like kind of taking everybody down in the hallway, but he oh, does yeah. this with finesse and he chokes the dude like, oh, it's very Vader-esque. Very Rogue One, right? Yeah, of course. So if this is like my man Anakin's before he became barbecue, this is great. I mean, it's literally New Republic fleet troopers instead of Rebel Alliance fleet troopers in a hallway. But you got to have those hallway scenes in Star Wars. You got to have them. You know, they're, they're that kind is true. of people, the poetry. Also, fun fact about Ray Stevenson, which I love the poetry of Star Wars, and that was always George's thing, but the man played Gar Saxon in Clone Wars, mm-hmm. okay? A major character in Clone Wars, and he honestly thought when he was being called back by Dave, this was a Gar Saxon related thing. Like, oh, I'm going to play Gar Saxon live action or maybe do more animation, you know? And he showed up to the meeting and they're like, oh no, we have something else entirely. So... Once again, we're back at Shatterpoint. We're back at Gar Saxon, corset stuff. Ray Stevenson, he's been in Star Wars family a long time now, and he's just going to keep it going, which is great. Uh, we did also see our first glimpse of Iman as Ezra, potentially, right? The actor playing him. And we also saw, I heard David Tennant's voice as the Jedi training droid from Clone Wars. So David Tennant confirmed. I mean, cast is just wild. You know, we're, we're at this this point of like live action actors, voice actors from the other Star Wars series all kind of coming together. A lot of unconfirmed actors and roles in this too. We don't exactly know what they do, but I don't know, man. The, the, the combination of getting Dark Jedi and Thrawn, I was very happy. And once again, this isn't spoilers from a book that's, you know, old, but like from the Heir to the Empire trilogy, Thrawn gets the, the aid of a Dark Jedi, not a Sith, to help him bring the Empire back. He has a dark Jedi who's kind of Palpatine-esque working for him, essentially, to bring this age back of the Empire. So we'll see what happens, you know? I'm very excited. I could definitely see Ray Stevenson fitting in that role of that character from the original Heir to the Empire series. We'll just see what route they go, honestly, because I'm super hyped on it. And um, I don't know, one of those shots, too, I saw an E-Wing fighter, which was one of my favorite fighters from the old canon. It was the ship that the X-Wing eventually turned into the Encom company that makes X-Wing. It was like a sleeker, faster version of it. And it was first introduced in that Dark Empire comic, Amon, that you and I were talking about off mic, where Luke goes to the dark side. It was first introduced in that comic. That's one of the shots. I'm just like, I don't even know what's happening here. This is wild stuff. So, <laughs> And, you know, apparently in the celebration panel, there was shots of Ezra's lightsaber being ignited. It just, you know, who knows what's going to happen, man. So we can talk about it forever, but I'm most excited about just all the elements coming together, honestly, and how we're getting basically a full Filoni Clone Wars. Like it's it's really like paying dividends. If you've watched all of Clone Wars, you've watched all of Rebels, you've watched all of Mando, Filoni's just giving you this giant platter of enjoyment, quite honestly, of tying all these pieces together. Cause that's really what it is. It's tying Clone Wars, Rebels, and Mando together to tell a new story in live action. Yeah, it speaks volumes to the amount of effort and planning that he's put in over Honestly, over a decade now. Decades, yeah. Yeah. But also, like, dude, hell yeah, Filoni, go direct your own movie. You know, I don't know why it took you this long, but I know it's going to be a banger. So I'm excited. Filoni has told cool stories about how, like, George showed him the cut of Revenge of the Sith before it came out. And Filoni's like, I guess this is it. Like, this is the end of Star Wars, you know? Like, but George was showing him that because they were starting to work on Clone Wars and about to, about to release it. And he's like, I guess after Clone Wars, like, we're just done. And then, you know, now we can look back at that whole timeline and think about Filoni in 2003, 2004, seeing this cut of Revenge of the Sith and thinking this. And now look where we are 20 years later, what he's done in 20 years for the Star Wars canon. I love it so much. And uh, I think this Ahsoka thing is really going to be the plot that really accelerates to the culmination of this era of Star Wars. It really seems like it. Like 
it it's movie level. It just happens to be in a show. It is movie level. It the it looks like no expense was spared in terms of the production, which I think is needed for a show of this caliber, especially True. if it's going to be the jumping point for the next maybe 10, 15 years of Star Wars. Absolutely. No, it's it's absolutely insane. And I'm sure we'll talk about it in more coming episodes because we'll get more information. We'll get we'll watch the trailer more, you know. But uh yeah, man, Orange Sabres, I'm all about them. I love them. And I guess Amon's on Team Orange Saber now, too. So let's just do it. Yeah. If I could have my way, I would dual wield red and orange. That's pretty cool. Closing out our celebration discussion, Amon, this is amazing. Asmodee was at Celebration Europe 2023, giving demos of Shatterpoint and other, other Star Wars games. And also, Will Schick and Simone got to go on stage a couple times, actually, more than once, announce Shatterpoint, give a quick rundown of the game. And then also, they did a lot of interviews with people at the con about Shatterpoint. What do you think about all this? I think it's I think it's groundbreaking. Absolutely. The fact that you have a niche aspect of Star Wars, candidly a niche hobby in this world, put it on center stage and get asked questions by, you know, part of the staff there. I mean, I think it's it's fantastic and I think a it does a lot of things for our community. It brings awareness to the different licenses that Star Wars has, particularly in miniature gaming. I think it also shines a light on our hobby as a whole, miniature wargaming. Like, what is it about? Mm. You know, like Star Wars fans, we're not all necessarily nerds, but I mean, I guess we could be classified as that and we all have similar interests. And if you like collecting lightsabers and cosplaying as a Jedi or Sith or whatever, Mm -hmm. who's to say that you might not enjoy building something and painting something and then playing with your friends and sharing Star Wars in more ways than one, which I must applaud AMG for not only creating this game but going to such a length to which they're on the main stage at star wars celebration like hats off man top tier no it's absolutely amazing it's anytime a niche gets shared on a scale of that level to that many people it's just absolutely amazing for us i mean obviously we're, we're doing content for this game but it's like also us as just players of this game and like you said Amon, maybe this introduced people to our favorite aspect of miniatures games which is that tactile face-to-face interaction, physicality of it, the standing over the table of your models. It is, it is unlike anything else. Absolutely. And that's why we do it. Honestly, a big part of it. And honestly, I feel more in Star Wars playing something like Shatterpoint than I would other features of Star Wars because it is so involved. It is so physical. It is so tactile. It is so communal. And so we share our love of this hobby all the time through stuff like this. And then it's also like now it's getting shared at this level. I don't even have to think about it. Like I'm, my mind's blown. And I'm so happy for Asmodee, AMG, any content creator like us that's making content for this game and trying to grow their local community. This was a boon for everybody. 100% boon for everyone. And candidly, we would have never met if it wasn't for miniature gaming, right? Probably not. No. We would have never met. We would have never known of each other. We would have probably never heard each other's podcasts. And most importantly, we would have never learned that we both love Star Wars. That's exactly it. Yeah. Because we did spend a lot of time at a Marvel event talking about Star Wars. <laughs> yes. Both of Marvel events we, we hung out at. So it's very cool. Also, being AMG, being Asmodee, they did show a lot of new art for the game. Some might be alt art. Some might be card art. Who knows? But then they also just threw in the little tidbit of, uh, well, Hondo's coming and we love him. And that's awesome too. So now we got a confirmation of Hondo and in the art, it's amazing art. Hondo's like running away from a fight. He's like shooting people. He's got something he maybe stole and he's got pick muck muck on his shoulder, his little monkey. 
And I'm just like, please put that on the sculpt. Please put Pink Muck Muck on the sculpt. You could rewind time to one of my old podcasts, Vader's Finest. We're talking about wanting Hondo in that game, Imperial Assault, and wanting Pink Muck Muck as a mechanic or as a mini. So I don't know. I'm excited about it. Hondo's pretty iconic. So he is. And I'm very excited. I can recall the art that you're referencing. And I think General Grievous is in the background, like slowly moving towards him. So very funny. It's awesome. I'm excited because they confirmed Hondo. Because if you look at the Shatterpoint card, that they shared on the data bank downloads or whatever. He's on there, but I think maybe a lot of people didn't realize that. And so it's cool to get them to confirm that, show that art, and give us an inkling of what that miniature might look like. And I do believe they'll probably add, you said muck muck? Pick muck muck. Pick muck muck to the sculpt. Because if you look at if you look at the art for Kitty Pride or the sculpt for Kitty Pride from MCP, she's got E baby. Yeah. Squirrel girl. That's right. She's got tippy toe now on her shoulder. So one thing I have faith in Atomic Mass games always is that they're always going to go the extra mile because they're nerds just like us. Absolutely. And they know that we appreciate finer details like that. Something that doesn't have to be done. Something that is going to cost more production. They honestly can make Honda without Pick Muck Muck or they can make Squirrel Girl without her squirrel. But they choose to do it. More resources, more time, everything. And uh, I don't know. It's just testament to their quality. But speaking of Atomic Mass... I'm on. The day has finally come. We've been holding our tongues as we're recording this podcast for many episodes now and not talking about Adepticon because we wanted it in a contained episode. So Adepticon 2023 happened sometime back. Major event for MCP. I imagine will be a major event for Shatterpoint in the future. I hope. I absolutely hope. Amon, you went to Adepticon. So before we get to the studio panel, can you give us a summary of your Shatterpoint-related time at Adepticon? Absolutely. Yeah, I was at Adepticon. I went to play MCP, couldn't get in, had a backup game, played that backup game, ended up winning said backup game, which was exciting. Winning the whole thing. Winning the whole thing. Yeah, I won no the Warhammer deal. Underworlds Grand Clash for the second year in a row. Amazing job. Amazing job. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. And what I got to do there was I got to hang out and talk to staff members from AMG. Okay. So I picked their brain on MCP, on Shatterpoint. I had a wonderful conversation with Will Schick um, because I'm from Houston. I know... Will Pagani. So I got to hang out with him and ask him a couple questions, but also just it was great seeing him after so long. And then Greg Webster, who was one of the demoers at Adepticon for Shatterpoint, is also from Houston, a good friend of mine. So um, not only did I get to chat it up with him, but I played two demos and I watched a third. Okay. Super exciting. I didn't get to go to the panel because I was playing my event, but I caught up with as much as I could and want to give a quick shout out to two of my good friends and actually people who paint stuff for me, which is Jonathan Ho, of course, and Kyle Dalton, both good friends of mine, both people that I have come to communicate with a lot outside of the business transactions that we have. And both of them ended up getting, they were the only two people who got gold in the worthy, which is super exciting. And ultimately, yeah, Jonathan got gold in all three and then won with his awesome Spider-Man versus Green Goblin. But Kyle did the Captain America versus Iron Man and got a gold as well. So shout out. Civil War. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Civil War panel. Both all outstanding pieces. Um, Yeah. Anybody that did that worthy competition, huge shout out to you. My friend and painter, Amon, Dr. D from the Fury's Finest Network, submitted a super sweet Emma Sinister conversion because then there's current storylines of of X-Men where Emma has the sinister cape and powers and stuff. Wow. And there's an alt cover that we, he was inspired for his conversion. And 
super cool stuff. I just love seeing everybody's work and like it's just mind blowing. Like every, everybody's piece, I was like, I want to play with that piece. I want to play with that piece. Okay, so you got to look at the worthy competition. You got to talk with all these creators and developers. But getting back to the demos, so you played two and watched one. So three is a lot. Anything from the demos that we haven't talked about in rules and stuff yet? Just anything that stood out to you or anything that was just notable or fun? What was the most notable for me was actually when I watched other people play the demo. And the reason being is mm. because point yeah i got to see their excitement i didn't hear a single bad thing about shatterpoint all weekend and that may be because i'm in an echo chamber or the people i hung out with are more or more positive or more high on the game but i think just watching a random demo and hanging out while you know watching over greg's shoulder i think was amazing because i saw these people like oh this is sick or wait i can do this too or like you know and then anakin's they they kind of had it set up where anakin will always attack kalani right and, you know, most of the time take out Kalani. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, baby, you know, like, that's Anakin. <laughs> and I was like, wow, this is great. Like, wow, it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's just palpable, the excitement around the game, but also just people getting the game. Yeah. Like understanding the rules. Uh, presumably a lot of people there, not even minis gamers, you know, or maybe just board gamers that hadn't gotten to the mini games or maybe not even either or. So very jealous you got to see that. And that's really nice to hear, quite honestly. Yeah, and it was actually very difficult getting demo tickets. I heard, yeah. I heard the the line was crazy slash the queue. And there was the backup line, right, of people that jumped in if people didn't show up for their tickets. Yeah, so I started a day attempting to get a demo ticket. I thought that I had gotten there decently early. Turns out I did not. <laughs> and yep. I actually got like one of the last slots in the day, but worth. Well, when you were winning your Warhammer Underworlds, major event here i'm on amg did their full studio panel of all their games we're only going to cover shatterpoint today because we are a shatterpoint podcast needless to say a lot of exciting stuff for all the star wars games and marvel crisis protocol and i covered those very things on my podcast Fury's finest about marvel crisis protocol how extensive those were but no one could have expected how extensive these shatterpoint announcements were i honestly thought they were going to show more of the core set show more of obi-wan and dooku's boxes grievous and luminara and then maybe show a couple boxes after that in the following months and that's it that was not the case no i ended up watching this on youtube a couple days after when they finally uploaded it but just from the pictures and the comments and the conversations that i had i was floored Absolutely insane. And I guess we're just going to get into these reveals right now because there's no other way to do it. We're just going to talk about our excitement about what's in these boxes. And quite honestly, me and Amon have not really talked much about these things. We've been holding it for the podcast. So I'm super excited to talk about this. So the first thing they revealed Amon was a box, a squad, as we, as I need to correct my language here, because this is a squad you can play in the game of Mother Talzin, Savage Opress, and the Night Sisters support unit. What are your thoughts on this, my friend, Dathomirians? Ultimate hype. I think one of the cool things that maybe kind of tipped everyone to the potentiality of this box coming was that Asajj has the tag Dathomirian. Yep. But the fact that they demonstrated this so early was very exciting because A, Night Sisters are cool. <laughs> yeah. But B, they brought my boy Savage Opress. That's right. The most on-the-nose name you can ever give a Sith warrior. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, he's just like a different version of Maul, which is awesome. The miniatures look amazing. They've got this cool like green magic swirly smoke surrounding them. Very reminiscent of like what they did for Dr. Voodoo. And 
I'm very glad they went with the double-bladed lightsaber for Savage. He looks awesome. No, absolutely. Savage Press, iconic character. Just um, my mind's already thinking about like, how's he work with Maul? You know what I mean? What are they like brothers in arms here? Like, what are we, what are we looking at? Savage has got a really interesting fighting style. He's pretty intense. Also, Savage Press played by the incredible Clancy Brown. That guy is just everything he's in. He's just nuts. Also been in the Star Wars universe in various places. Rebels, Mando. He was the bounty heist episode of Mando. He was the Devonorian guy with the horns. Big guy. Big guy. That was him in live action. But I love Mother Talzin and the Night Sisters, and I want to see some like this very much speaks to my type of playstyle in these games. I like weird control play stuff. I hope they have some of this weird control condition play being Night Sisters. I would imagine they do. But I would also imagine what's interesting about that is the Night Sisters and Mother Talzin could have that maybe. But Savage, he just might be damaged. Who knows? But he's he's a beefy mall in in the lore. So we'll see what happens with that. Now, Amon moving on, they just Right off the gate, they're just like, yeah, Din Djarin and Grogu are coming. And that was actually the first model we sculpted for the game. Just get that out in the open for you guys. They showed the model. Looked amazing. Season one or season two, definitely Din with Grogu in his little carriage. You know, his little uh, stroller is what we lovingly call it. Excited about this because this could mean a lot of things. Come on, this could mean the post-original trilogy era is coming at some point. Yeah, I think that's frankly quite incredible. The fact that this was the first sculpt they worked on, I think there is a overwhelming appeal with the Mandalorian that hits a lot of notes for Star Wars fans. And so I think it's very natural that they included him in there. And I think one of my favorite things about the pose is that it may not necessarily be very dynamic, but it's very Mando where he's just kind of strolling into wherever the hell he's strolling into. And the whole <laughs> idea is that he's the Mando, he's going to do what he wants. But my favorite part about it is the fact that there is no support at least from the bottom of Grogu's carriage. I think they've done a very good job of maybe attaching it to hmm. maybe part of the cape as it's billowing in the wind or maybe his hand, but it looks very natural. It looks like it's floating like as an individual piece. Love it. And I think from a miniature perspective, that's, that's incredible. No, absolutely. Perfectly said. Cause yeah, that is um, not using flight stands to me is very special. <laughs> if you can pull something off without flight stands and AMG does that. They don't like flight stands, unlike FFG, which the FFG loved flight stands. So it's just a very different take altogether. But moving on to back to the Clone Wars era, they revealed Mace Windu's coming with Commander Pons and the ARF troopers. There he is. We talked about him in our first episode, <laughs> being excited about Mace potentially coming to the game, how he's going to play differently, how he's got these weird forms in canon, if they do anything with that, we'll see. You know, Mace lovers unite, be excited. I mean, I'm not a massive Mace Mace fan, and of course his clone squadron is like probably not my favorite clone squadron, but they have a very unique look, which I've always really been into. You know, those ARF troopers, they have like the scout trooper helmets. And I think they even said on this art, potentially that some of the um some of the clones weren't exactly fully done on some of these i don't know that's what i heard through the wind i don't know if it was conjecture or it was you know with these streams you're just you're taking it all in you know what i mean you're taking in what you can and gathering stuff but i mean mace is mace getting mace is like super exciting because he is a top tier jedi to quickly address the comments you just made i think what happened and i'm not sure but i'm just based on some of the stuff i read was that the clone troopers that were demonstrated in this are the exact same as the 501st miniatures. Right. And I think for perhaps readiness reasons, they just probably repainted those to match Commander Pons and Mace, but they could very well be different miniatures. We don't know. Different head sculpts too, maybe, right? And that they just weren't assembled this way or different armor sculpts. Who knows? Yeah. 
but very excited for Mace. I think he's iconic. This party's over. <laughs> this party's over. Yeah. He's iconic. I think someone who, I don't know, someone who's probably going to do a lot of damage on the battlefield. I mean, he's... He's going to whoop up on people. Yeah. You would imagine. Yeah. And I like that his pose is can be seen as maybe he just finished a strike or he's just walking up to you like, I'm about to, you know, open up a can. Yeah, he is. He always is. Uh, start working on your purple OSL now, friends, because uh, I think the purple OSL is going to sell this model 100% if you can get if you can pull it off. Well, that's Mace. I'm pretty excited about the next box I'm on. It's Master Plo Koon, Commander Wolf, and the Wolf Pack clone troopers, which are very cool clone troopers. Painting their symbols is going to be kind of tough. <laughs> but Master Plo... Once again, another interesting pose, Amon. Not all these Jedi are kind of doing, you know, the standard. They're they're all kind of a little different. And Master Plo very clearly is like deflecting some stuff coming in at his clones. That's what it really looks like. He's kind of doing like he's he's jumping out, and I don't know. I really like it. And his face sculpt looks good, which to me is the most important part of his character's his character look is that face. Plo is definitely one of those Jedi where he gets a lot of love just because he looks so cool. Hundred percent, yeah. You talked about Kit Fisto and that smile. It's similar. I can't wait for Kit Fisto. I'm telling you yeah, right now. You better have a smile on his face. He, AMG, if you're listening, <laughs> put a smile on his face, please. I just want that smirk, that grin, iconic. I would love to get a shirtless version of Kit, like in the, when he's in that underwater battle. You're speaking to me, Amon. Give me Rift Tamsin. Give me that shark commander with underwater battle droids. That was sick. But yeah, I think the pose also speaks to the fact that Plo is someone who cared a lot about his clones. He didn't treat them like cogs in a machine. He treated them as people and he did everything he could to prevent casualties. So the pose is very reminiscent of him defending his troops as they complete their objectives, which is very exciting. 100%. I mean, he says in the show, like, I can see you all in the force. You're all individuals with the soul, really, in the force, you know? And um, it looks different because you're clones, but it's there, you know? And they also confirmed in this reveal that also in this box, this is also the box where you get Padawan ahsoka if you're not getting that local store pre-order bonus thing there's only certain stores only certain amount for affiliate program so it's not even a guarantee they did just 100 guarantee that that's that's not like a one and done thing that is a you can also get this paddle on ahsoka with master plo which also mon to me is super cool because it makes me feel like this box has more miniatures than normal and it has an alternate choice for your secondary whether it's commander wolf or ahsoka well i wonder if it's just two boxes Okay. Maybe she comes. Maybe she comes by herself, like a solo, like Modok or Hulk. Good point. Maybe this wasn't art for just the box. Maybe this was. was she's coming out the same time Plo is. Maybe, but I think either way, I'm I'm happy for it. I mm. do think that I hope it's the latter, if only because like I would I would hate to get uh, the paddle on twice, or because in the end I'd still be paying for it. That's true. She's free though at the core set. If you did the affiliate, I don't know. It's- but if I'm gonna get Plo. <laughs> That I'm going to get her again, right? So what do I do with my second Ahsoka? Paint or dark side Ahsoka? I don't know. I guess I could make a statue terrain or something. That'd be pretty cool. Definitely. But we got to move on from Master Plo before I get stuck there because I really love talking about the character and talk about, I don't know, something is equally exciting to me, Amon. We got our first visual confirmation of bounty hunters in the game. Cad Bane with secondary of Aura Singh and two what it looks like generic bounty hunters, namely a Chandra fan and a Devonorian bounty hunters that just look great. And the coolest part is the Chandra fan is hanging out with Cad Bane's droid, Toto. Once again, doesn't need to be on the base. I don't even know if he's going to be a mechanic in the game, but I love that he's there to sell the scene. Absolutely. I will say 
technically Din Djarin is a bounty hunter too. That's true. Yeah. Actually, that didn't... No, you're right. The Din Djarin they showed us was definitely the hunter Din Djarin. Probably. Because his armor was that armor. So yeah. got me there. First bounty hunter box. Like, I don't know. I'm just... I'm hyped. And it seems like this one would be coming sooner than Din because Din was just like a, a miniature thing. And this is a full realized box group on a photo. Agreed. I'm I'm very excited for, for Cad Bane. I think fan favorite. He's just iconic in so many different ways. It's incredible. It is incredible, right? I wish the pot, I wish the listeners could see like the way we're smiling about <laughs> it. You know? I mean, it just turns out when you take all a lot of cool things from Clint Eastwood and cram him into a Star Wars character that looks even cooler than Clint Eastwood and his roles. Kind of works. Kind of works. And I also like the Cad Bane is like, I don't know, his personality is very unique. Like he's actually got a more fleshed out personality than a lot of bounty hunters. And they, you see that in Clone Wars. He's like less, he is ruthless, but he's also very like, I don't know, matter of fact, like he's not silent killer. He talks a lot. <laughs> you know, and that's interesting. That's different from all these bounty hunters that typically just, if you're being hunted by Bosk, IG-88, Boba, you're pretty much just getting hunted and it's a pretty silent affair. You're either going to not make it or they're going to bring you in, hopefully warm, as as Din would say. But Cad Bane, he's talking a lot. He's, he's I don't know, he's kind of a trash talker sometimes. I just like how he's like, there's no point in fighting me, you will lose. He's like, please don't make me pull my gun. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's pretty cool. But these miniatures, oh, so good. And Huge shout out to Aura Singh. You know, she, you see her for a couple seconds in episode one. She's so iconic when you see her in episode one. She's got that antenna coming out of her head. She plays a larger role in the Clone Wars. This seems like it might be Clone Wars era her because of obviously with Cad. And uh, man, the generic Devonorian bounty hunter, he's just like he's having the time of his life. He's got dual wielding and he's smiling. And It's a scene out of Reservoir Dogs, man. Perfect. Yeah. Now just buy A to this box. Make <laughs> it happen. Uh... Don't tap me with a good time. Hey, I'm I'm already giving people ideas for the eventual Shatterpoint worthy. There it is. There's just one of eight my- of them just in a circle. Yeah. Oh man, paint them the colors of their call signs, Mister Gray and stuff. You know, I'm just I'm throwing these out ideas out here. You know, beat me to them. Just exciting to see a full like scum and villainy thing. You know, not not Republic, not CIS, not Civil War era, which has been confirmed now. And, you know, the last bit of the Republic era stuff we're going to talk about is weirdly the thing I'm most excited about him on. And you and I have talked about this off mic. So this is one of the few ones we have talked about a lot. The Bay Squadron. The Bay Squadron. Of course, Padme and Sabay and the Handmaidens. But more importantly, not Padme. Because I've played every Star Wars game I'm on, and Padme is always in the games. Always. Padme. Episode 2 onward, Clone Wars Padme, always in the games. In the white crop top? Exactly. White crop top or like her, or her like uh, more of her like senator clothes, like when she goes to negotiate and with Anakin and things go wrong and they have to fight their way out of a place in Clone Wars. No, no, no. This is not the case. This is Queen Amidala, Padme in parentheses, MCP style. Alter ego, Padme, you know? And this is Sabe, who is... Sabe is a assassin. She is like a master of deception and killing, quite honestly. And she's Padme's decoy and Kira Knightley. So all these cool things. And then two other royal handmaidens. And I don't know, these sculpts are like perfect. Queen Amadella's dress is out of control. Like the sculpting there, the paint job, I don't know. Whoever did that, hats off to you. I will agree. The Queen Amadella sculpt looks incredible. I am actually more impressed though with Sabe because she just looks like Kira Knightley. Yeah, in the face for sure. They did also, a very good job. Cool. She's just like, she's not worried. She's not worried. Yeah, but I also like the gun, the poking out behind the back, you know? <laughs> yeah. The blaster. She's ready. And then the handmaidens look super cool. I really like them. 
And I always forget that they're just all like trained assassins. They're the queen's last line of defense after the royal guards, right? And they're her secret service, man. They're full on secret service, you know? So they're all got special set of skills, to quote Liam Neeson. So you mean Qui-Gon? That's right. Sabay, especially. She's like the most trained of all of them. So very cool. And I think the coolest part about this is not the sculpts, it's not necessarily the paint jobs. It's just the fact that they are coming to the game and they're coming this early. We're getting episode one content this early and we're we're going this route. We're going handmaidens. It's awesome. So it really, for someone who's kind of Naboo obsessed, I'm just Naboo obsessed. I just love their culture and the execution of it in the movies and the shows. Give us more Naboo stuff. I'd love to see it. And this is a sign that I might be, might get that. Even if I only get the queen, okay, give us the best Naboo piece, it seems like. And then, but if you want to expand from there, all about it. Give us the guard. Give us Captain Panaka. Give us the Gungans, please. What I would love is a Rivals panel-esque Duel of the Fates. There you go. That's what would rock my socks into a galaxy far, far away, I think. Oh, man, you're me too excited. Yeah. Dude, I'm getting excited myself. Qui-Gon is a primary. Obi-Wan is a secondary. Exactly. And then Darth Maul as a standalone primary that you know can fit into wherever. Oh, right. so good. Yeah, with, of course, battle droids somewhere, maybe. Because that's peak Maul. Oh, absolutely. I also could see like developers take my ideas, but it's like I also could see like Newt Gunray not being good at combat or anything. He's got extra stuff with the secondaries and the supports because that's all he is. He's just a guy that commands around secondaries and supports of droids and stuff. So I don't know. I and just have Maul on the other side. Just yes. Padawan Obi Wan secondary. Yes, please. They It'd might not sick. do this route, but they should at some point. They Maybe have they to. Will. They, they have, have to. to. Now that we have the queen, yeah, you could go full full episode one crew. Well, you just can't not do Qui-Gon. You just can't not do Qui-Gon. You have to do him. And Qui-Gon's a primary, and it's very, as you we've both surmised, it's very obvious who his secondary is, right? Yep. Yeah. And if you really want to, you can make Jar Jar the supporting piece. I'm fine with that, too. That's a really, that's a strong supporting piece, honestly. Good idea. I think better than little Anakin, right? As a support piece. I would, I would actually want to not see him if only because like he didn't fight. That's what I'm saying. You know, if this was X-Wing, maybe we can get little Anakin, but. Yeah, he did fight in that point. Nope. Ah, yeah, we got to get off Naboo, but it's so exciting. Close out this like Republic era stuff. And I assume once again, I'm on all these pictures fully fleshed out. I don't know. Maybe that means these are coming in the next year or two or so or less. You know, I, I really hope so. I want to play the handmaidens. And I think the most exciting part to me about the handmaidens is they, if lore serves right in my mind, their synergy could just be incredible, you know, and that's, they work as a team. That's, that's that secret service thing. So I'd love to see that in executing game form, but we got to move on. Civil War, Galactic Civil War. They showed us a Han miniature. That's all they showed us, but it's exciting. They're letting everybody know Han's coming. They showed us an Aiden miniature. Aiden Versio, of course. Amon, you're excited about that. We talked about Aiden on this very show already. Very excited about her, I think, for all the reasons I've stated already. Empire, just very complex character, of course. Ewoks. I love Ewoks. I'm super hyped on this picture they showed us, which looks like for my Star Wars brain, it could be Paplu or Chief Chirpa as the first Ewok, maybe. Wicked as the second Ewok, and Low Gray, the shaman of the Ewoks, as the third Ewok. And then they show us two larger bases with a group of like spear Ewoks, and then another large base with a um, bow Ewok. I don't know what all this means, Amon. Does this mean there's like more primaries or secondaries? Are these all in a box? Are these going to be split up? But Low Gray is sick. That guy wears an eagle skull on his head. He means business. Yeah, I think 
either way, I'm excited, right? Like it's so weird that if you think about it, Ewoks are just teddy bears, but they're so funny. They can have the potential to be quite brutal. They eat meat. Well, bears eat meat, right? Yeah, I'm just saying like they ate the stormtroopers after the Battle Endor. They did. That's in canon. I didn't know that. That's funny. They're not going to let that meat go to waste, but it makes, them, it makes them scarier. I mean, you think about it, Return of the Jedi, they were going to cook Han, Luke, and Leia. Well, not Leia. They were going to cook Han and Luke and Chewie and R2 over a fire and eat them. You know what's funny? I completely forgot about that. <laughs> and then Luke levitates 3PO and they think 3PO is a god and they stop. But they were going to eat all of them. And the only reason they were going to eat Leia is because Leia had befriended Wicked. And Wicked had determined she was not a threat. And it's just a whole other story. But it's like, they definitely ate the Stormtroopers after the Battle of Endor. So, very deadly. And I hope they're deadly in the game. <laughs> and I hope they're annoying. Like, in the way of some sort of mechanic that makes them tough to deal with. But they don't necessarily do a lot of damage, but they're tough to deal with, maybe. I agree. I think whether it's one big box or two different boxes or whatever, I'm very excited to see what happens with the Ewoks. I mean... Love them or hate them, they're iconic, and I'm very glad they made it into Shadow Point. Hundred percent. Give me, give me, uh, you know, God three PO with this as well, and maybe he he can help them out or something. That would be funny. That'd be a great three PO actually. Yeah, and a completely different three PO than like a like Han, Luke, and Leia three PO. You know that we might get in the future in a different way. So, continuing with this Civil War era, and we mentioned three PO. We got to mention R two. I was not expecting to get this Luke, this Leia this Lando, and this R2 first, Amon. I love AMG's bold design choices. We are getting the Jabba's Palace heist, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker, Leia Organa as Bausch, Lando in disguise as one of the guards, and R2, Bartender R2, which I'm dubbing now. We're just going to call him Bartender R2. Bar 2 D2. There you go, Bar 2 D2. Perfect. Or Cocktail R2, Cocktail Hour R2. But I mean, we're literally getting the first R2 we're getting in the game is R2 with, with Jabba's, you know, bar tray on his head with the cocktails up there. Bausch Leia is the first Leia. Okay. I talked about how much I love Leia in this very podcast already. I love Bausch Leia too. Um, in canon and legends, all of it. She does some pretty cool stuff in the suit. I have no idea what it means for the game, <laughs> but hype. Hype indeed. And what I really like is they, they're playing to what the fans want, right? R2-D2 is in every game. Star Wars he game. Is. But is Bar2-D2? No. Exactly. Which is sick. And it it is makes sick. him makes him different. And then, of course, like Return of the Jedi Luke, iconic. What also makes like when we get that, like if we ever get a second R2 in the future, like a Revenge of the Sith R2 that has the jetpack or something, it makes them more notable and more different, you know? And it's not just like, oh, we got basic R2. Now we got prequel R2. Now we get bar R2. They're just starting out with like bar R2 right away. And I think that's what's cool is because AMG is really big on demonstrating characters in like specific snapshots, right? They do that with MCP. Yeah, I like that they're doing that with uh, Star Wars as well. Absolutely. And this just confirms to me that we're probably going to get other versions of these characters in the future, right? Like we'll get Cloud City Lando and stuff. Well, we have two Ahsokas already. <laughs> 100%. And not to gloss over... Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight, but I'm super happy we're getting black suit Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker right at the gate. And I hope he's going to be a power piece as he should be. Keeping with this original trilogy theme, Vader's coming. I mean, no shock, right? But Vader's coming and so much Vader's coming. Vader's saber and Luke's sabers line up to create a scene. AMG showed them crossing blades and they designed them that way as such to match up. So if you assemble your Vader and your Luke, according to their instructions, they're going to line up. It's a Vader box with Vader, a Stormtrooper captain, and some generic Stormtroopers, you know? And who doesn't love that, you know? That's a good start for Vader. And the cape on Vader, unreal. 
It is just flying. It's so dramatic. It's so cinematic. Who's not excited to have Vader in this game? I think everyone probably is. I think that was the biggest question going into the announcement of Shatterpoint was, are they going to do the old trilogy? Because everything had been so Clone Wars prequel, you know, heavy. But to see, and it was fun watching the stream because before they even showed the actual miniatures, there was a silhouette of the two miniatures crossing blades, Luke and Vader. And you can hear the eruption of noise and hype in the room. It's it's awesome. They're just confirming what's to come in the future, you know, and the support they have laid out for this game, which is amazing. So amazing. Closing out this sort of last little odds and ends here, the ghost crew I'm on. The rebels crew was shown obviously further out because they showed the like sculpts, not in a scene, like not like a box art scene, but I'm so excited. Chopper, Zeb, Harrison Dula, Kanan Jarrus, Ezra Bridger, and Sabine Wren. All of them. Amazing. I love the fact that they're pulling from corners of the Star Wars universe that miniatures games don't necessarily tread. Obviously, X-Wing's been around for a while, so you can kind of drive those ships, right? Or pilot those ships. But to have like a Kanan miniature, to have a Chopper miniature, you know, to have Sabine, you know, Mandalorian keyword synergies. <sighs> so exciting. Good. Yeah, Kanan, like maybe throwing him in with some, uh, I don't know, we'll have to see, like, we don't even know necessarily yet where the Rebel Squad falls. I assume it's the Civil War era, you would imagine, but it's like having a something that never happened, you know, like a Kanan and Luke together in some in some form, you know. It's gonna be fun. You're gonna live out your own fiction and fun of like having two awesome Jedi Knights on the table, you know, working together maybe. Um super excited about that. But to close out, Amon, they they were just like, Oh, no, there's a little bit more. There's just a little bit more. And they blew everyone's mind with the announcement of this Inquisitor box, specifically the Kenobi Inquisitor box. Kenobi! Oh, yeah, press that clip every time we've got the grand inquisitor third sister fourth sister and fifth brother and of course third sister being reva not only are these sculpts kind of out of this world amon but once again i'm asking the same question i asked with that master plo coon box are there two supports are there two secondaries i don't know you know what i mean like what do i swap in and out do i get to play all these in one squad that would be excellent or do i got to swap someone out for someone else even cooler Kind of honestly, because then you got to make choices. I'm all about it. They look all look amazing. Yeah, I have a couple of things to say to that. I say on my podcast a lot, Path to Glory, I love choices because choices allow you to have to make more decision points. And yes. that's where the better player, in theory, will make more correct decisions over the course of the game, which will allow them to win said game. So choices, I'm all here for it. I love it. I want more. Number two, I think one of my favorite parts about this is that they actually mentioned on the stream or I guess in in real life, if you were there, that they worked in conjunction with Disney and they had these in production before Kenobi even launched. Right. So exciting, right? The fact that Disney yes. is willing to work with them and, and it means that Disney's taking this partnership seriously, which if you hadn't seen that as evidenced by Star Wars Celebration, this is further reinforcement of that. Yeah, perfectly said. And the fact that Disney Lucasfilm gave them this information early, pre-Obi-Wan being out, because it's just so paramount and helpful for developers because it's anywhere from a one year to like three year cycle on a lot of this stuff for, for games in general. So it's like, there's no way these could be out timely if they just saw Kenobi and they're like, Oh, we got to start designing that. And you know what I mean? Get to production. And so Disney gave them a head start. And that also makes me think these aren't that far off, which is very exciting. And um, also gives me hope for a uh, cool stuff like Kenobi era, Vader, Kenobi era, 
Kenobi, like just very different versions of the characters than they are in the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, respectively. You know, they're just different versions of the characters, quite frankly. So I would love to see that type of thing. It is like the Bar 2 D2 thing. You know, this era of Kenobi is very different from the Alec Guinness Kenobi in the original trilogy and very different from the prequel era general Kenobi. So my mind is like spinning possibilities, you know, and I'm just trying to keep it contained and focused on what's directly in front of me right now, which is a lot of beautiful miniatures that I, I just don't even know how they're going to play and what they're going to do. And I'm just super excited to see them on table. And I, th- I think I can, I can see myself playing Inquisitors. It just seems like fun. Once again, the synergy. It's the handmaiden thing. Like They could have really cool synergy, and I'm all about it. The Sithergy. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. I do believe that they're more likely closer or sooner rather than later, if only because they're fully painted. They have the miniatures out there, professional photo shots, logos, Yeah, all that stuff. To continue on that, it's, it is very exciting because like my gears are turning now, you know, especially because you mentioned yes. like the Kenobi era stuff where like, wouldn't it be cool to have like a sculpt of Vader with like half his mask cut up, right? Insanity. Insanity. That'd be sick. And then like Obi-Wan <laughs> levitating rocks. <laughs> yes. That'd be sick. That would be sick. Absolutely. I need to be on the sculpting team for AMG as like a creative, not like Please I don't do. do the sculpts, but I'm just the guy who's like, wouldn't it be cool if we made something like this and then... Dallas would be like, Amon, you're right. I'm going to go do that right now. <laughs> Amon's like, you know that one scene in Solo where Han's trying on Lando's capes? I want that sculpt to Han. <laughs> where he's yeah. trying on Lando's capes. Yeah. And they're like, Amon, that's not quite right. That's not quite what we need. But yeah, maybe it's an all sculpt. We love it. Yeah. This just says a lot. They gave us a lot of information without telling us things. Like they're, they're showing us things like Ewoks. They're showing us things like Iden. Like they're giving us information that's not the full picture, but they're, sh- they're painting pictures of what could potentially be coming in the future, which is very exciting. And the places they'll go, quite frankly, I'm, I'm all about it. Cause I don't think this game will ever see vehicles because the scale and some things like that, but they're obviously showing they'll do things like three walks on a base with bow and arrows, right? Maybe some creatures if we get lucky. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I love these sort of off the main path stuff like bar 2d2 for instance, right? Where it's just slightly off the path, a little bit more interesting. It's great. It is great. And it makes me wonder, and this might be spicy, but do you think they'll do the sequel trilogy? Ooh, honestly, yes, but way out. Like, think about it. MCP is three and a half years long, and there's someone writing comment right now on that Marvel Crisis Protocol group about how there's not the Fantastic Four yet. Obviously, they're coming. I, one would imagine, but it's almost been four years, right? I could definitely see Shatterpoint being something like that, maybe, where it's like many years go by, it's successful. Now it's time to expand the sequels. And I think in this format I'm on, it's much easier to do than other Star Wars games of the past where it's like, oh, you just want to do two boxes from the Kenobi era? Just do two boxes from the Kenobi era. You want to do four boxes from the sequel trilogy and that's it? Do four boxes from the sequel trilogy. You know what I mean? Like this sort of primary secondary support thing, I think it's very cool and I think it works for the game for them to be creative and reach from other eras what they want to. And I think... I mean, I think a Kylo box with first order stormtroopers would sell off the shelves, <laughs> right? I mean, it would just sell. I love Kylo. He's a great character. Absolutely. Fantastic. But I mean, even like the sequel trilogy, Mom, they could jump from different parts of it. You know, you could have Poe and Finn working together as a primary and secondary in the first film, in The Force Awakens, and then jump later and you get a different Poe or Finn that's completely different, right? There's stuff yeah. to pull from. I mean, you could even do like Han, Chewie, Finn. Oh, so good. as a box right that'd be cool that'd be awesome old han yeah or like yellow lightsaber ray yep i could be c3po cool. with a red arm mm. <laughs> <laughs> or 
Or like Jedi Leia. Oh, now you're getting too spicy. Now you're getting too spicy. Who, who can breathe in space? <laughs> okay, you mean that Jedi Leia. I thought you meant either you're getting real spicy and going flashback from, from Rise of Skywalker when Leia was training with a saber with Luke. That, that would Leia. be sick too. I want that Leia. I want that Leia. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, that's awesome. There's a lot of great B and C string characters in the sequel trilogy that could be made in this game. Really unique. I mean, there's crazy bounty hunter type characters and stuff in the, in the backgrounds that got stories fleshed out and books and stuff like that first bar scene in the force awakens where it's like Hans there and at Maz's castle. Right. And it's like, there's a lot of characters there. You could really, you just run with right. Saban Athano, that guy with the red armor, that dude's awesome. Like you could do stuff with him, but also it was like, I think Ray and Kylo, that would just sell. Ray and Kylo would certainly sell for sure. I think in order for them to be able, if you want to do the sequel trilogy, you're going to have to commit because you need, according to current rules of the game, you have to be in the same era when you build your strike team. So you would have to have at least, I don't know, maybe four primaries at least with four supporting characters and four secondaries. Kind of like the core box. Could definitely be done. Yeah. I have another question for you. If you could pick your ideal box. Okay. But it has to be a character that we haven't, characters that we haven't mentioned yet. And and I'll, I'll go at this too, but I'd like you to start. What would that box look like? Just make up my own box right now. Make up your own box, but you can't say, you can't mention any characters that we've mentioned on this episode. Bosk or IGA as a primary and the other as a secondary. And then Zuckus and Forlom as the supporting characters. And then you could flesh out the other box that would go with that. Boba as a primary, Dengar as a secondary, and grab one of the other, like, grab, you could grab Forlom then, right? And you could put Zuckus in the other one, split them up. What do you know? It's all the bounty hunters in two boxes from that scene in Empire, those classic bounty hunters. That's my answer, Ramon. So there it is. That's the second answer. I wonder if, if they do Boba, will they do like Fennec Boba and or something? But if I think if it was original trilogy Boba, I think Dengar would be an amazing secondary. Um, they did work together a lot and stuff in old canon and current canon. And then yeah, they're a support character, and then you could do IG and Bosk. The tough part of those characters in particular, some of them did not work with others at all, unlike Cad Bane. Cad Bane works with others if it's necessary. He'll get to get the job done, he'll do whatever needs to be done. IG worked by himself. IG Bosk mainly worked by himself. So I'm curious what route they would do with that. But you know, Bosk had some cool team ups in Clone Wars with some other bounty hunters, so he's not against it. IG eighty eight, very different from IG eleven. Typically flies solo. So I think that's actually my real answer to the to the question I'm on. It's it's fully sparked on me. I've come full circle. It's IG eighty eight is the primary, IG eight is the secondary, two more IG eights as the supports, because that's what he used to do in Canon. He had multiple bodies. But the primary was the real IG eight. You know what I mean? The other ones were backups, essentially. We got IGD A, B, C, and D. That's what they were called. That would not happen, but one can hope because that would be a sick mechanic where it's like, oh, you killed killed that one. Something happens, you know, with the other ones, you know, synergy. So, but I do think that sort of bounty hunter thing, if they can get those characters from that scene in boxes in some way, it'd work really well. So it's got to come to you now, Amon. What sort of answer do you got? You guys, something spicy for us? I kind of do. I'm going to go two boxes too because you want two boxes. Yeah, it just happened inadvertently. Yeah. So my first box is going to have to be my boy, Cal Kestis. Of course. Um, with BD on his shoulder. Because AMG, they'll do it. He needs to have a poncho. And he does. Yeah, it's mandatory. And then I would love if they could give like different saber variations. So I'd love if you could build him with a dual blade, dual wielding, or single blade. That'd be sick. That'd be good. Dallas, I hope you're listening. 
And I would love to him. Obviously, he'd be with the crew with the Mantis, right? So he would be with uh, former Jedi, Sarah Junda, and of course, Grease Drydus. Of course. I'd be sick. That'd be a good box. And that that could definitely be coming, honestly. That could that could work. Yeah, that would be awesome. Especially with the, the impending release of the new game. My second box, which I'm going to break my own rule here, but you said I, I kind of started like thinking about the second box and I couldn't really think about it without mentioning someone on the podcast. But I'm, I don't know why I'm just such a huge fan of these guys already. I know nothing about them, but Balen Skull and Shin Hadi. Let's get them. Throw them on there and then give me something like a droid or something that they that they may or may not be working with. Man, one can hope Disney was telling them about Ahsoka a little bit before they saw the trailer. So they, they have a step ahead on, on everybody else because... I'd love to see Thrawn in this game. Absolutely. As a primary, of course. Thrawn would be sick. Another cool box, if we're just going to spitball a little bit, would be Jedi Count Dooku, Apprentice Qui-Gon. Can't get that before we get Qui-Gon primary, but I'm all about it, though. That'd be sick. I mean, imagine Count Dooku with his black hair, blue lightsaber. I love it. <sighs> Qui-Gon without the beard. It'd be good. It'd be really good. I'd be all about it. I just want Qui-Gon so bad. He's like top of the list for me. I would love a Qui-Gon. He's just so cool. Yeah, he's just so cool. And like his, once again, one of those Jedi with a very unique fighting stance that was iconic. He's the master of the Ataru style. So to have a master of a style is always someone you got to get in the game with a game that revolves around stances and styles of fighting, you know, <laughs> which is a feature of the game. So I find it very cool. Oh man, Mon, this has been fun. There's so many things like we kind of kept talking on and on and on. I mean, so much has changed from just from us starting the podcast, you know? not that long ago, quite honestly. So kind of mind-blowing. Uh, I will tell you, I hope Master Plo is soon because I want to get him and Obi-Wan both on the table as soon as possible because just reading into the keywords now and just uh, frankly, just their fighting styles and lore, I feel like they could be a good pair. They both look after their clones too. So I think there's a lot of synergy going on with them looking after their clones in the, in the canon and potentially in the game to Jedi I love. So just a list I'm going to be trying quite frankly, right off the bat. But any of these boxes, you're going to try to get to the table immediately? That's a good question. I am particularly interested if we're looking at the more immediate releases. Yeah. I think I would enjoy an Obi-Wan and Anakin together. Definitely. Especially because we've seen his card now. It was shared at Star Wars Celebration, which I guess we didn't even mention that, but no, it looks super cool. I think it looks very powerful. I think it's probably the strongest primary we've seen thus far. Possibly then, so, yeah. And having him kind of be that master of defense while Anakin is that master of offense for lore, for theme, and for gameplay reasons seems a lot of fun. I think looking out at the far future, I would love to maybe do like a Darth Vader Stormtroopers with Eden and what I imagine is her. Oh, Iden's crew. Yeah. The, Iden's uh, crew. Yeah. Inferno squad. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like full empire team have the firepower of Inferno squad, but then like the hitting power of Vader in your face. Yeah. That sounds really fun. That sounds really fun. What about you? Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm going to, I think I mentioned this in the first episode. I think the first go-to list I'm going to play a lot is just going to be what you just mentioned, Obi-Wan and Anakin together. Cause it just, the theme is right. The play styles seem like they balance each other out. Two of my favorite characters to in Star Wars, quite honestly, to pair together. So it's going to be a lot of that at first. But I, I want to try a lot of the bad guys too. I, I really want to dive in with Dooku. And the second Cad Bane comes out, slamming him on the table. Lots of Cad Bane. So maybe you could do something really interesting where it's like a Maul side, a Cad Bane side, or like a Dooku side, the Cad Bane side of your squads. And like, frankly, be very different squads that work it together in interesting ways. That's what I'm hoping. And I'm hoping that's what the bounty hunters bring. Things like that. Yeah. So those are the ones that sound to me the most, other than, of course, the ladies' night, you know, just the Amidala squad 
and try to pair something with that that thematically makes sense. But even, you know, it's fun. I mean, maybe Anakin with Amidala, you know, with those handmaidens. Like, that's that's a cool thematic combo, but also it's like kind of breaking the timeline too, because we got young Queen Amidala, Clone Wars Anakin, you know, some world between world stuff here, you know. My, my, how much you've grown, Annie. Takes a lot of new meeting. I'm not sure I like it, but. <laughs> Uh, but yeah it's uh yeah 10 year old anakin can get away with saying are you an angel 20 year old anakin should not say that to the younger padme but i just think that could be fun too because once again you got the range synergy potentially of the handmaidens and hitting power of anakin i don't know so we'll see i think it's just going to be that obi-wan anakin thing for me for a while and branch out from there quite quite honestly and we'll talk about this very podcast roger roger well Amon, that's all of our roundup on celebration 2023 and adepticon 2023 we'll talk more in the coming episodes about these very things but that's everything so hope you enjoyed going on this ride with us and kind of learning about all these if you didn't know maybe you knew some of these maybe you didn't know some of these but it's all here and uh, we're hyped up for all of it quite honestly super hyped honestly i can't wait i've i don't know what's going on with me but it's like ever since shatterpoint has been announced and i've had this like wave of energy it's like i've been so deep into everything star wars it's awesome. like my my feed, my ads, all Star Wars. I love it. The algorithm is all Star Wars too, on top of your level of hype for Star Wars. Uh, hey man, if it knows, it knows, you know? If it knows, it knows. And speaking of people who know, I want to give a quick Patreon shout out. Hello There is supported by our wonderful patrons, and we thank you so much for your support. You can become a Hello There patron by going to patreon.com slash hellotherecast. We have an awesome Discord, and we cannot wait to grow with you and hit those high levels of production and content. Absolutely. And Movie Club is in full force, which we announced last episode. So if you want to jump on, join the Movie Club, start getting some of these bonus episodes, all these other discussions going on about Star Wars as a whole, lore, Shatterpoint, list building. We're, we're starting to do all of it in the Discord. So check it out. Of course, you can find us everywhere online at Hello There Cast. So that's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitch. You can also email us at hellotherecast at gmail.com. And we are a new podcast. So if you can leave us a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, either or, really helps us out. Some of you are dual Apple Podcast Spotify listeners. If that's the case, you can leave us reviews on both, even better. But just if you can leave us a review on your podcast platform of choice, helps the show get found, helps grow the Shatterpoint community, helps hopefully more people get into this wonderful game so we can all have a very successful and enjoyable launch in summer absolutely and we wouldn't be the podcast we are without our awesome music and so i want to give a big shout out to lofiel for creating some bangers that's right thank you lofiel of course you can find amon and i on various places online you can find me jesse on twitter instagram and longshanks at jesse aiken that's j-s-s-e-e-a-k-i-n and you can find me amon a-m-a-n on Twitter at Amon the Wargamer and on Longshanks at Amon as well. If you're interested in reaching out to me, I'm on a couple of discords and my name is Amon, Dark Jedi. Very good. Yeah. You and I both are on the Shatterpoint Discord now, the, the greater Shatterpoint Discord. So you can find us on there at a Jesse and Amon. And of course, you know, there's ways to reach out to us through our social media if you can't find us on Discord. Well, this was a fun news roundup, Amon. It's been really fun to do. A lot of information. We covered it all. <laughs> It was a marathon, but we did it. And I'm really excited to talk next episode. We can kind of tease a little bit to the listeners, but we're fully on. The train is going, you know, and we got a lot of stuff to say before the game comes out. And one of the things coming up that we're going to say is character cards. 
we haven't really dove into character cards yet. And that's something we've been holding off on intentionally till we knew everything about the rules from the rule book. So we're really excited to get into character cards and some deeper discussions about characters with you very soon. 100%. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This is just the beginning, Count Dooku would say. So may the force be with you. civilized.